let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. It was a beautiful sunny afternoon in Port-au-Prince, Haiti on January 12th, 2010. There was no indication that anything was wrong and the city was about its business. But suddenly, without warning, the earth began to tremble. A mighty earthquake shook the nation of Haiti and the destruction was massive as the ground shook violently. Buildings were thrown to the ground like toys tossed aside. Steel was bent. Solid concrete turned to ashes. Buildings collapsed. People were killed. And in a moment, a nation was destroyed. For some, the earthquake in Haiti brought instant death with no opportunity to flee. For others, it brought days and weeks of agony and suffering as the wounded flooded the overcrowded hospitals. But for five-year-old Paul Derlis, the earthquake brought sudden darkness. Paul was playing on the ground floor of his home when suddenly the building collapsed all around him. Concrete and steel formed a trapped cage of darkness. Paul was buried underneath it. He was alive, but he was in complete darkness. The darkness surrounded him, choked him. Too small to dig his way out, too frail to cry for help, too small to know what to do. All little Paul could do was wait in the darkness. The darkness covered Paul like a blanket. Whether night or day, Paul couldn't tell. All he knew was darkness. His mother had escaped, but Paul didn't know because all that he saw was darkness. People were searching for him, but Paul didn't know because all he could feel was darkness. Uh, the darkness kept him down. It held him. It seemed to go on forever. There was no escape, no hope, no return. But God did not forget little Paul release. Sixty hours after the earthquake had trapped him, light shone in his dark world. A neighbor passing by had heard Paul call for his mama. Men were summoned. Cinder blocks were removed. Steel and wood was pulled back. And suddenly, a shaft of light pierced the dark cave that had held Paul Derlice captive. And suddenly, when the light came, hope was born again. For when Paul saw the light, he knew that freedom was at hand. When Paul saw the light, he knew his rescue had come. When Paul saw the light, he knew there would be no more fear, no more death, no more hunger, no more loneliness. The light meant freedom. The light meant deliverance. The light meant salvation. The light meant life. And in the true story of Paul Derlice, there's hope for all of us today. For you see, our world today is facing a darkness just like Paul Derlice. We may not have an earthquake like Haiti. We may not have the physical darkness of Haiti. But all around us, there is a spiritual darkness. It has trapped men and women. It's kept them in bondage. They cannot see the light. They cannot see hope. They cannot see salvation or life. Every day, thousands pass into eternity without Christ. And worse than that, millions of souls live in darkness bound by sin, fear, hatred, violence, and suffering bury millions of souls in a prison of darkness. And though we may not see it with our physical eyes, men and women today are trapped in a world turned upside down. Without Christ, they're doomed to darkness. 
without the light of life, they're gripped with fear, death, and destruction. But God has not left us without hope. Just like he came to rescue Paul Derlis and bring him light, so God has come to rescue us. He's come to bring us the light of life. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to shaft into our darkness and bring us light and lift us out of the rubble. And when we see the light arriving, we know that hope has come. When we see the light, we know our deliverance is at hand. When we see the light, we know that this darkness can no longer hold us and we can be free from death and despair and depression and the devil. And that's the good news of Christmas. Our light has come, for Jesus is the light of the world. And when his light pierced the darkness, and when his light penetrated the atmosphere, when his light has come and we see that light, we know that hope is born again, and we will be set free. That's the message of Christmas. That's our message this morning. Jesus is the light of the world. And I believe in that truth. We can find hope and peace today. But before we do, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you that you have not left us alone in our darkness. You've not left us alone in our suffering. You've not left us alone in the death and despair that gripped our hearts and held us in fear. But you sent your son, Jesus, the light of the world, to penetrate our dark world and bring us deliverance. So enlighten our hearts and minds today. Help us to see and understand what the coming of the light means to us. And let the benefits of the light be realized in our lives today. We submit to you now. We bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God's light to bring light and life and love to our hearts. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. I want to invite you to take a moment, join your faith with mine right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Turn to your neighbor say, your light has come. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome once again to Agape House. It's great to have you here this morning as we launch our Christmas sermon series called His Name is Jesus. Over the next few Sundays as we come up to Christmas, we're going to be looking at the names of Jesus as they relate to his coming to the earth. And we begin today with the topic, His Name is Jesus, Jesus, the light of the world. And I'm blessed to be here with you as we launch our Christmas sermon series to teach you and to tell you that the light of the world has come. For you see, though Satan may roar, God is bringing deliverance to his people here. Though Satan may fight against us, God is bringing us victory here. Though there may be darkness in the world, the light of God has come to shine upon us. And weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I'm here to proclaim and declare to you that Jesus, the light of the world, has come and your light has come. So lift up your voice and give him some praise this morning. Come on and shout. 
That's the news of Christmas, the news of Jesus coming into our world. For when Jesus came to be born among us, he shattered the darkness. He broke the bondage. He came to rescue us and redeem us and deliver us and to be born amongst us as the light of the world. And when we receive his light, we too can walk in the light. We too can embrace the light. We too can know that the light has come to us. Now to help us discover what that means for us today, we've printed sermon notes. They look like this. They're inside your bulletin. So go ahead and take them out. Follow along with me. If you're watching online, you can get your sermon notes free at our website and our social media pages. And there at the top of your notes is our scripture text for today. Just one simple verse from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 8, verse 12. I want us to read it out loud together to signify that we're welcoming the light of the world into our hearts and we're celebrating the launch of our Christmas sermon series today. Are you ready? Let's read it like we mean it. Let's read it like we just got the best Christmas gift ever. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen. Think carefully about what Jesus is telling us today. He's coming to proclaim his identity. He's coming to tell us the good news that his light has come to shatter the darkness. But understand, he's not just proclaiming who he is. He's not just telling us what he's come to do. He's telling us the purposes of God in the light shining upon us. He's telling us the benefits we will gain when we embrace the light. Because listen to what he says. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And that means tonight that when we follow the light, we will never walk in darkness. Darkness cannot hold us. Darkness cannot keep us. Darkness has no power over us. When we walk in the light, we are free from darkness. So lift your hand and say, I'm free from darkness. And so let's study today three things that the light will do in us. And first of all, we understand that light dispels the darkness. Everybody say, light dispels the darkness. When light comes, when the light of God comes, darkness cannot stay in your life. That's why the Bible says in Isaiah 61 and 2, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And as Jesus' light has come to us, it's time for us to also arise. It's time for us to shine, because there is darkness all around us. For it goes on to say, See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. And I'm here to declare to you today at this Christmas season that there's a difference between you and the world. There's a difference between God's people and others because we are people of the light. And the Bible says there's darkness and thick darkness in the world, but we are separated into the light. We are a different people. Darkness of disease and darkness of war and darkness of poverty and darkness of hatred darkness of deception and darkness of idolatry. Those are the things in the world, but they are not the portion of the people of God. If you believe it, say amen. 
See, in order for the good news to be really good news, you have to realize today that there's a bad news. And the bad news is thick darkness covers the whole earth. And we can see that today. The deception in the world is getting worse and worse. People in the world are getting worse and worse. And you don't have to look at the world from physical eyes. If you discern spiritually right now, you will understand that people in the world are living in darkness. Without Christ, there's no hope. They're trapped under the rubble, leading twisted, broken lives. We often look at the world from physical, natural viewpoint, and we think that things look okay. We look at the wealthy and the luxuries and the celebrities and we think that everything is cool with them. We look at a community like East Legon and we see beautiful houses and happy people and we must think that this is an area where there's no darkness. But it might surprise you to know that East Legon has one of the highest suicide rates of any community in Ghana. Because no matter what things look like outwardly, there's a thick darkness that covers the people who don't walk with God. It was darkness that drove Dr. Yanka, a chief urologist at 37 Military Hospital, to commit suicide in his residence in East Legon. It was darkness that led Ambassador Sechi, known for his fancy dress and his posh residence, to throw himself to his death from the ninth floor of the trust towers was darkness that pushed a young 16-year-old American to hang himself in East Legon. was darkness that led a Swedish man to kill himself at his residence next to OIC in Shashi. It was thick darkness that pushed a woman named Georgina Pipson to kill her five children and then kill herself. Her listless body was found not far from here. After she'd poisoned her five children, darkness drove her to kill herself. Thick darkness covers the people. Maybe thick darkness is covering you today. It was dark the night your uncle came into your bedroom, put his hand over your mouth so you couldn't scream, and then he raped you. And the torment of that darkness is with you till today. You can't forgive, you can't forget, you're bound by darkness. It was dark the night your mom and dad were fighting. You don't know what the fight was about. You only know your dad was hurting your mom and you thought you could help so you pulled on his trouser legs to get him to stop but then he turned and slapped you. You fell backwards and hit your head and blacked out. That was the last time you saw your father for five years and the darkness of that night still torments you. You can't have relations with people because you're in darkness. It was dark the night you were walking down the hallway of your hostel. You heard your friends in your room laughing and talking. You stopped at the door to see what they were talking about. And then the darkness in the hallway choked your throat because it was you. You they were talking about. You they were laughing at. You they were mocking and mimicking the people you thought were your friends. And so you just walked on down the hall. Walked into the darkness that still surrounds you today and you feel worthless and you feel hopeless because thick darkness covers your life. You may be sitting in darkness right now. You may be living in the shadow of death. 
But into this darkness, Jesus has sent his light. You see, no matter how dark your life has been, no matter what's happened to you, the light of Jesus Christ can penetrate it. For the Bible says in Matthew 4, 16, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. And I'm here to declare to you, no matter the depth of the darkness, no matter the despair, no matter the depression, there is something greater. Your light has come, and that light can penetrate every darkness. It has come to give you hope. It's come to show you the way. And when you embrace that light, the darkness must flee from your life. You've got to know something today. God's light is so strong, there is no darkness that can overcome it. There is no night so dark that his light cannot penetrate. There's no pain so great his love cannot heal. Nothing you've suffered and nothing you're suffering right now can overcome because God is the light of the world and Jesus comes to tell you today, your light has come. So I declare victory over you and I command the darkness to flee from your soul. I command the darkness to flee from your mind. I break the bondage of emotional darkness. I break the bondage of spiritual darkness. I break the bondage of darkness in our teenagers and our children and our families today. In the name of Jesus, I say, Lord, let your light come. If you believe it, say amen. For no matter who you are, no matter how dark, Jesus' light is greater. Once upon a time, there was a deep, dark cave living in the shy hills. The deep, dark cave was deep down in the earth, as most deep, dark caves are. The deep, dark cave had never seen the light. One day, the warm, beautiful Ghana sun came dancing over the shy hills. And as the sun came dancing over the hills, it finally came to the place where the deep, dark cave was hiding. And the sun called to the deep, dark cave and said, Deep, dark cave, come out. Let us play. Come and see the glorious light I brought to the earth. And the deep, dark cave said, Light? What is light? I have never seen light in my life. What are you talking about? And the sun said, Come, come and see the light. And so after much persuasion, the deep, dark cave came out and saw the light. Hey, light is wonderful, is beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Then the cave said to the warm Ghana sun, why don't you come to where I am and see the darkness? The sun said, darkness? What is darkness? I've never seen darkness. The cave said, come and see. So the warm Ghana sun went into the deep, dark cave and said, where's the darkness? But there was no darkness. Because the light of the sun overcame the darkness. And that's why I declare to you, no matter how deep, no matter how dark, no matter where you are, the light of the world has come. And where his light is, there is no room for darkness to stay in your life. His light dispels the darkness. If you believe it, say amen. And that light comes to change us. For Jesus said in John 14, 26, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in the darkness. And I'm here to tell you, you don't need to stay in the darkness. You don't need to be choked. You don't need to be trapped. You don't need to be in bondage. You don't need to be in despair. You don't need to be in depression. He can restore what was lost. He can heal what was broken. He can turn your life around. You are valued. You are loved. You are appreciated. And your Father in heaven will never slap you. He'll never turn his back on you. He comes to bring you the light and dispel the darkness 
purpose from your life. If you believe it, say amen. For even in the dark night, in the middle of Dumsor, a little candle can dispel the darkness. How much greater can the light of the world dispel the darkness for your soul? How much greater can Jesus, the triumphant King of Kings, dispel every darkness from your life? It turns midnight into day. It breaks the chains and ends the torment. It shines the light. So I say to you, dude, whatever has caused you to be in darkness, whatever has held you in bondage, come to the light. Let the light shine upon you and cast out darkness. You see, that's why we believe at Agape House that we're here to change our lives. We're here to see people change. We're here to see the sinners change. We're not all great people, but we're here to see life transformation take place because we believe when we follow Jesus, his light comes and drives out the darkness. That's why we welcome sinners to our church. We welcome the prostitute to come and see the light. We welcome the drunkard to come and see the light. We welcome drug addicts to come and see the light. We welcome fraudsters to come and see the light. We welcome even lawyers and politicians. Hey! Even politicians, we welcome you. Come and see the light. And we welcome you to change. Because we don't come to stay the same. We've come to change. We've come to the light. We've come to walk in the light and follow the light so that we will not continue in darkness. Jesus said, I've come to the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. And I say to you today, come to the light. Leave the darkness behind for every bondage can be broken. The message of Christmas, the reason Jesus came was to shine the light and dispel the darkness. For the Bible says in Matthew 1.21, when the angel pronounced his coming, he said he will be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Somebody say from from means out of, from means away from, from means taken away and separated. And Jesus has come to shine the light and dispel the darkness and take you out of your sin and out of your bondage. And no matter what has held you, you can be free today. You can be free from pornography. You can be free from fornication. You can be free from drunkenness. You can be free from drug addiction. You can be free from anger. You can be free from pride. You can be free from being the mean, nasty person you are. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you the problem is we have to come to the light and embrace the light or it won't change us Jesus pinpointed the problem in the world today when he said this in John 3 light has come into the world but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he's done has been done through God. Turn your notes over to page two and consider the problem. Men love darkness. And Jesus has come as the light not just to give us joy at Christmas, He's come as the light not just to shine our Christmas tree. He's come as the light not just as a song we sing. It means he's come to change us. And if we want his presence, we want to dispel the darkness, we need to come and live in the light. And that brings us to the second benefit of light. Light directs my path. Everybody say, light directs my path. 
See, when Jesus came as the light of the world, he didn't come just once just to shine a light and then it would turn off again. He came to let us live in the light and he gave us his word to be a light to us. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to your path. And here's why God says that, because the devil is not fighting you where you were and the devil's not fighting you where you are today. What the devil is fighting is where you're headed and so he wants to keep you in darkness so you can't see the path. He wants to see you in darkness so you don't know where to step. But God says, I've come to bring the light to direct your path so you can reach your destination. You can get to the right place. And God is illuminating your light so you can succeed in 2023. For Psalm 43.3 says, send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. And I'm here to prophesy over you you today that you will get to the holy mountain. You will experience the presence of God. You will get to your destination where God wants you. When you follow the light and the truth of God's word, when you let his light not only dispel the darkness, but direct your path. But the problem is for most of us, we think we know better. We read the word for a few minutes before we go to bed, and then we go to sleep thinking about how we can solve our problems. Look on social media, we Google, how do I get along with my husband? Hey, Google, as if Google knows, half those people are divorced. We take our standards from other people, from our own reasoning. We need a higher power that can look down on our path and see our future and give us the light to direct us. That's a lesson we can learn from a man named Darko. One time Darko wanted to go to the market. He got his six donkeys and got them all ready and he started walking to the market with his six donkeys. But along the way, he got tired. So he decided to mount one of the donkeys and ride it. And as he was riding along, he thought, you know, I better count my donkeys just to make sure they're all here. So we counted them. One, two, three, four, five. Hey, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, no, one, two, three, four. Hey, when I left home, I had six donkeys. Now I only have one, two, three, four, five. Darko became confused and agitated. He got down off the donkey, he was riding, and said, let me count them well. One, two, three, four, five, six. Eh. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Oh, whew. I must have made a mistake. He got back on the donkey, was riding along, and then his mind was playing tricks with him. He thought, I don't know. Do I really have the six? Let me count them again. One, two, three, four, five. One, two. Hey, five. One, two, three, four. What? He was in confusion. Just then, his friend Kojo came along and said, Darko, what's wrong? Darko said, when I left house, I left with six donkeys. Now I have only five. One, two, three, four, five. Kojo started laughing. My friend, don't you know? You are sitting on donkey number six. How can you be so blind? Here in Ghana, we say, the eyes are fixed in the face, but they cannot see it. And so often, we think we know our own way. We think we know the best way. I know the way to get ahead. I'll fight and push. I'll blow my horn and I'll push my way through. But God says, I will bless the humble. We think I'll make it financially by cheating my customers, but God said I will bless the righteous. We think I can achieve what I need by living a life of pleasure, but God sees the danger ahead and says your eyes are in your face, but they don't see it. Let a higher power, let a greater wisdom, let God Almighty direct your path with his light. 
For if you want to come to the favor of God, you've got to walk in his light. For Psalm 119, 130 says, the teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand. And the reason we have so much deception in the church in these end times is because we've left the word of God and gone to our own imagination. We would rather listen to the words of a human prophet than listen to the words of a holy God. You've got churches today right here in Ghana who've got all kinds of weird doctrines. You've got churches that look around their church building and stomp on the ground looking for demons. And when they stomp in a certain place and hear a certain, ah, the demon is there. Hey, that's nonsense. We've got churches that drink anointing oil. They say, well, if a little is good, a lot is better. They bathe in anointing oil. But make sure you buy the special anointing oil from the prophet. That's nonsense. He's a greedy charlatan. I rebuke them in Jesus' name. We've got people here in Ghana that the pastor doesn't care how you made your money. Just pay your tithe. Pay your tithe. You've got cocaine dealers paying tithe in the church. May God help us in Jesus' name. We're calling black, white, and white, black. Calling good, bad, and bad, good. I don't know. They got their doctrine from somewhere in Brong, I think. I don't know. Our churches today remind me of the Obruni that came into Accra. He landed at Kotoka International Airport, and he hired a driver to take him to his hotel. When he got in the cab with his luggage, the driver took off. But when they came to an intersection, there was a red light, and the driver just drove straight through. The Obruni was panicking. You get us killed. The light was red. Don't you know red means stop? The driver said, oh, it doesn't mean. It's okay. My brother does it all the time. They went to another intersection. The traffic light was red. The, the Obruni thought the driver would stop, but the driver kept going right through the red light. The Obruni was panicking. I'm going to die today. Oh, don't you know red means stop? The man said, oh, it doesn't mean. My brother does it all the time. Then they came to an intersection, and the light was green, and the driver stopped. Hey. The Obruni said, what are you doing? The light is green. Let's go. He said, I know it's green, but you never know when my brother may be coming through. We're stopping on green and going on red. What we need is the word of God. What we need are hearts that say, Lord, I want to follow you no matter what. For I can guarantee you, you will never be deceived when you yield your heart to the light of God. For Jesus said in John 7, 17, anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. And understand the principle Jesus is teaching us today. Obedience leads to the ability to discern truth and disobedience leads to the inability to discern truth. And if you'll keep your heart humble before God, if you'll keep your heart on fire for God, if you'll have a heart that says, Lord, I want your light. Lead me, guide me. If you're willing to do his will, you will never be deceived. You will have the revelation and the knowledge to discern between good and evil. But when you have a stubborn heart and a rebellious heart. You can study at Trinity Seminary. You can get a PhD or a DD. You will be deceived because the difference is the attitude of your heart. So I challenge you today, open up your heart to God. Let God's light direct your path. Come before him in humility and say, Lord, I cannot see my way, but I need you to guide me. I need you to direct me. Let your light shine on my path to carry me into 2020. 23, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. 
For you see, God's getting ready to do something and he wants to dispel the darkness and direct your path because he's getting ready to display your life. And that's our third thing that light does. Light displays my life. Everybody say, light displays my life. When someone is on stage, there are spotlights. Right now, I'm under spotlights to focus attention. And that's the same thing God wants to do. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. And God has come to dispel the darkness. He's come to direct your steps. And he's come to prepare you so that he can shine his light on you and display you for his glory. That's why you need to get rid of the darkness now. That's why we need to come in humility and turn to him. That's why we need to dispel the darkness. We need to clean up our lives so that when the light comes to display us, we'll be ready. We won't be ashamed. You see, your talent may take you forward, but your character can take you backwards. And when God shines his light on you, are you ready to be displayed? Some of us are praying for promotion. God, give me promotion. Some of us are praying that we'll get in the news. God, get me in the news. But when you get the promotion, when you get in the news, when people see you, what will they see? If you're in the news, let it be good news not bad news. Reminds me of the time the Christian brother was driving to work. He was a little bit late, so he was in a hurry, got quite anxious, and was getting quite agitated and angry. And it just so happened as he came to a certain traffic light at an intersection, the light was red, he got behind a woman who was driving. Well, fortunately, the light went from red to green, and yet the lady didn't move. He looked up at her and saw that she was talking on her mobile phone. So he politely blew his horn, and the lady kept talking. He blew the horn again. He kept talking. He tried to get around the woman, but the traffic was coming in each direction, and so he began to get agitated and impatient. He started blowing the horn. He started waving his hands at her, but still she was talking until the light turned red again. The man was frustrated. He hoped that by the next time the light turned green, she would move, but the next time the light turned green, he looked up, and there she was applying makeup. Hey, he blew the horn. He started beating on the steering wheel. He wound down the glass and was yelling, you stupid woman, get out of the way. Move now, move, move. What is wrong with you? You idiot, go, go. He's green. Everybody was passing him. The man couldn't get out. The lady was still there putting on her eyes. Ah, the man was screaming. Ah! Just then, a policeman had been standing on the corner, had been watching the whole thing. He came over and said to the man, I'm placing you under arrest. Arrest! Why are you arresting me? You can't arrest me because I got angry. This woman is a stupid idiot. It's not illegal to call her what she is. The policeman said, I'm not arresting you for getting angry. I'm arresting you on suspicion that you stole the car you're driving. What do you mean, suspicion I stole the car? The policeman said, well... Hanging from the rear mirror is a cross. On the back bumper, there's a Christian sticker. There's a Bible on the back seat. It's obvious this car is owned by a Christian. And it's obvious by the way you're acting that you are not. I'm arresting you on suspicion you stole the car. So... If someone saw your cross, your sticker, and your Bible, and saw the way you behave at work, 
Will they arrest you on suspicion for stealing the car? Tell your neighbor he's asking you. If the light shines on your life, if you're in the spotlight, what would be revealed? See, God wants to clean us up. He wants to dispel the darkness. He wants to direct our steps so that he can get ready to elevate and expose us. For I see something powerful coming in 2023. I see the power of God lifting you. I see God elevating you. I see God bringing you to new arenas. You may have been hidden, but your light has come. You may have been unrecognized, but your light has come. You may have been unknown, but your light has come. You may have been toiling in secret for years and years, and no one appreciates you. No one thanks you. No one appreciates what you've done. It may seem like no one acknowledges, but God said, your light has come, and I'm getting ready to show you as a trophy of grace. I'm opening new doors for you. I'm sending you to a new arena. I'm putting you on a bigger stage. I'm shining a brighter spotlight. So get your lives ready. Let the darkness go. Let the light direct your path so that God can display your life. If you believe it, say amen. That's the lesson we can learn from a man named Joel Osteen. For 17 years, Joel served his father at Lakewood Church behind the scenes. His father, Pastor John Osteen, was the founder of Lakewood Church and built the church to be one of the great churches in America with 6,000 members. Joel Osteen served in silence. He sat in the media control room. He ran cameras and was behind the camera. He used to set up the platform for 17 years. Joel Osteen never preached a sermon or took the pulpit, but God was preparing him in secret for a greater platform. He was driving out the darkness and directing his path so that Joel Osteen could be displayed for God's glory. One week before Pastor John Osteen died, Joel Osteen preached his very first sermon. The next week when his father died, the church made Joel Osteen the pastor. That was 23 years ago. And he took the church from 6,000. Today, Lakewood Church has over 43,000 people in attendance. It is the largest church in America, a man who for 17 years was unknown, never preached, was not on display. God was getting him ready, and when the light shone, he was ready, and now his broadcasts are seen in a hundred nations around the world. So get ready. Stay faithful. Let the light dispel the darkness. Let the light direct your path, for your light has come to lift you and elevate you and exalt the name of God in you. You are a trophy of God's grace and he wants to display you for his glory. And I see ever-increasing light coming to your life. For the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. And the light has come into your life. It may be small right now. It may be like a candle or a torch right now. But God says if you keep pursuing the light, it's going to get brighter and brighter. It may be six a.m. and the lights just come, but keep following Jesus. It may be 7 a.m. and the lights coming up, but keep following Jesus. It may be 8 a.m. or 9 a.m., but God is bringing more and more light. As you follow the light, his light will come and shine upon you and display you until it's the full noon at the height of its zenith. God will display his light upon you and nations will come to you. Men will come to you. People will come and seek your counsel, seek your advice. they say, what is it that it makes your life so brilliant. 
It's the light. It's Jesus, the light of the world. Because Ephesians 5, 8 says, you were once in darkness, but now you are light. You are light. You are light. Put your hand on your chest, say, I am light in the Lord. I am light in the Lord. So live as children of light. Because it's Christmas. Jesus has come. Jesus, the light of the world. And he said, I am the light of the world. And whoever, whoever, whoever you are, whatever you've done, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus, light of the world. Almighty Father, we thank you. Thank you for bringing us light. Thank you for sending Jesus. We were trapped under the rubble, in darkness all around. But you sent your light. And when we see that light, we see hope. We see peace. We see salvation. We know our freedom has come when we see your light. So let your light come. Let it dispel the darkness from every area of our souls. Let your light direct our paths. Let your light come, Lord, so that we can be displayed as trophies of grace for your glory. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.